You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. And you better believe, I, I, I have to believe, everybody was singing and everybody was singing with all of their hearts because of what has just happened. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider, he's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. I mean, you thought you were going to die. You got the most modern military machinery coming at you and now God saved you from it. He's my God. He's become my salvation. I'll praise him. My father's God. I'll exalt him. In the account of the Israelites leaving Egypt, it wasn't an easy process. The Israelites leave, but they're chased by the Egyptians and their military. But God had a plan. Through Moses, God parted the water of the Red Sea, and the Israelites walked across, but the Egyptians were washed away. But did the Israelites just go about their day? No, they stopped and celebrated and sang songs to the Lord. Today, Pastor Danny will encourage you to celebrate and praise the Lord when He comes through for you. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 15, as he continues his message, The Path to Christian Maturity. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army, and he threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving, I guess so. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Oh, my goodness. How many times does he have to do something? Do you learn your lesson that he's already fought for them? And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots, horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Now before you read the next verse, this is, I mean, you imagine being in that group uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be Moses, you know, a pastor, a congregation like that. I like you guys a lot better. Um, but here, here now, here now, God's done this tremendous work. I mean, he's already delivered them out of Egypt and the, and the plagues and all and shown himself to be powerful. But now, now they're between a rock and a hard place and he led them there. And they first crying out to Moses, didn't we tell you to leave us alone? Why'd you bring us out here? Do you want to... 
kill us and let bury us in the desert. And then God parts the waters. And they go through and they're they're delivered on the other side and they look back and now the waters fall in on Pharaoh and all of his army and wow. That's actually what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> wow. That's what I wrote. Right there. Wow. That's deep. And look at the last verse in chapter 14. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Don't miss that. First Corinthians, I'm coming back. First Corinthians chapter 10, one verse. If you turn to it, just read the one. Just read the one. You'll be glad. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Stop there for just a minute. Back to Exodus. They were immersed, and they recognized Moses being God's man. And then you get to chapter 15 of Exodus. My goodness. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. And you better believe, I, I, I have to believe, everybody was singing, and everybody was singing with all of their hearts because of what has just happened. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider, he's hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. I mean, you thought you were going to die. You've got the most modern military machinery coming at you, and now God saved you from it. He's my God. He's become my salvation. I'll praise him. My father's God. I'll exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Verse three. I like that. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army. He's hurled into the sea. And they just go on with this. And I'm not going to read every bit of the song, but I do want to pick it up again in verse 13. And you want to note this. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You'll lead them. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of where? Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. They're singing these words. If you didn't catch the significance of that section, these are the peoples where they're headed. These are the peoples that God said he's going to drive out and he's going to give them their land. And at this point, man, everybody's feeling good and they're singing. It's like, oh, man, God's going to take care of them. He can do this. He can do this. He can do anything. Oh, man, no problem. Lead on, Lord. Lead on. Let's go get them. The last verse there in the song, the Lord, verse 18, will reign forever and ever. And then verse 19, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through on the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam does a special number. Everybody's been singing together and everybody, no doubt, singing all excited with all their heart. And then Miriam does a special number. She sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he's highly, 
exalted. Nah, I can't imitate anybody. I can't even imitate myself. The horse and its rider, he's hurled into the sea. And everybody's like, what a great song, Miriam. We loved it. We loved it. Man, everybody's feeling good. Everybody's full of faith. Everybody's worshiping. Everybody's responding to the special number. Oh, what a great song. Oh, go get them, girl. You go, girl. Now I have a question at this point. Be honest with me. Come on, be honest with me. How many of you faced some kind of testing, some kind of testing in your life that tested and, and tried your faith? Come on. It, it, look, look at all the hands. Look at all the hands. And I suspected that. I'm not surprised at that. You know what happens right after this tremendous worship experience? Chapter 15, verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur, for sure. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Wouldn't you say that's a practical need that you would think God is concerned about in your life? Yeah. When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water. So here they, they see some water, they get to the place, and then they realize it's not what it appears to be. It was bitter. It's a bitter experience. That is why the place is called Mara. That's what it means. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. I heard a message years ago. Don't remember the basic, I don't remember the details of it, but I thought it was a good message. And the preacher suggested that the wood there represents the cross. Sounded good to me, you know. Whatever the wood means, the wood goes into the water and the bitter waters become sweet and they're able to drink it. And there the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And I circled this and there he tested them. He said, if you carefully listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I'll not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. That's a pretty good promise. For I am the Lord who heals you. And then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there near the water. That's like going on a cruise after you've had a rough time. This is your oasis. And if you're like me, and I think you are, I don't want that cloud to move anytime soon. I just want to stay there. I just want to stay there. Remember Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration? I mean, Peter, James, and John, gets, they, they get to see Jesus transfigured. It's such a glorious thing. I mean, it's a, it, Jesus said, some standing here a few days before won't taste death until they see the kingdom of God come. And they saw a glimpse of the kingdom in all of his glory there on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's why Peter said, let's just build three shelters. Let's just stay here. Forget the wife. Forget the kids. Forget everything back down in the valley. Let's just stay here. Unfortunately, he had to leave that wonderful mountaintop experience and go back down to the valley of reality. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam. They set out from paradise. God didn't let them stay 
there in paradise. There is a paradise to come, and thank God when we get there, we will never have to leave. We will not have to leave. I can't wait. And they came to the desert of <laughs> the desert of sin. Really? Really? We're going to go that way, Lord? Which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. Don't miss that. If you will, they've been saved for one month. Been one month. Passover lamb, 14th day, 15th day, begins Feast of Unleavened Bread. And of course, in the desert, the whole community, the whole community, the whole church, the whole church grumbled against Moses and Aaron. <laughs> the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you brought us out of the desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Again, what a great church God gave them. And then the Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And this way I'll test them. I'll test them. I think that's not the first time we've seen that statement. And see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they're to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as what they gather on the other days. Moses, verse 8, also said, you'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he's heard you're grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. I hope you realize anytime you grumble against a God-ordained authority, you're grumbling against the Lord. I'm speaking to myself too. I'm speaking to us. Anytime we grumble against God-ordained authority, we're grumbling against the Lord. Verse 13, that evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? It's translated uh, from the Hebrew, it, what is it? In the Hebrew is mana, manna. That's what they named it. What is it? You hungry? Want some what is it? That's what they named it. Verse 15 at the end, Moses said, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. It's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Verse 17, the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. He said on the sixth day, because the Sabbath, they weren't to do any work. On the sixth day, They'll get twice as much, and, and you can keep it till the next morning. If they kept it till the next morning any other day, it ended up, verse 20, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. Eww. Here's the point. Here's the point. Got, got to hear. It's daily bread. It's daily bread. What I need for today, I can't just... Get twice as much today, and then I'll, I'll just forget about gathering some tomorrow. It's daily bread. It ends up saying in verse 35, they ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. 40 years. John chapter 6, you can write it down if you're a note taker. John chapter 6, verses 32 to 35, Jesus said, 
I'm the true bread that came down from heaven. The literal manna in the Old Testament, I used to say it, it, it was like frosted flakes, but if you study it a little more, it's probably more like golden grams. But it was heavenly food. It was heavenly food. It came down from heaven. And it represented the Word of God, but more specifically, more technically, it represented Jesus Christ, who is the Word. John chapter 1, the Word became flesh. Okay? It's daily bread. Daily bread. Daily bread. The Word of God. Jesus, the Word of God, Jesus, the Word of God, Jesus. We've got to move, but i got a few more verses before we're done. Chapter 17. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses, and they said, give us water to drink. And Moses said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Twice, Exodus 32.9, Exodus 33.3, God says to the people that we're reading about here, they're a stiff-necked people. Matter of fact, a couple of occasions, he said, Moses, get out of the way. Let me destroy him. I'll start all over with you. We'll start all over. And Moses prays, and God shows grace. And the Lord answered Moses, verse 5, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I'll stand before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah. Massa, testing, Meribah, quarreling. Because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, and this is the last verse, listen to the question though, is the Lord among us or not? I don't know if you got the picture. Here's a people that have been redeemed. And they're now on the journey of faith, but they grumble, they complain. But in the midst of their immaturity, in the midst of their stiff-neckedness, the rock is still struck and the waters still come out. 1 Corinthians 10, I said only read one verse a minute ago. Now let's go on after that verse. 1 Corinthians 10, verse Three, after verse 2, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Romans 6 says we were baptized into Christ Jesus. They all ate the same spiritual food, that's verse 3, and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Is that incredible? I'm going to try to do this, and then we'll just close in prayer. Well, when you look at the tremendous lessons in this one, I could spend time on this one. I'm not, but my goodness, Christian leaders and pastors need our prayers. They got a tough time. Hebrews 13, obey your leaders, submit to their authority, for they watch out for your soul. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. But let's leave that one. 
I hope we've realized, and we already know it, but you need to hear it again. I needed to hear it again tonight. Testing is a necessary part of the Christian life for a lot of reasons. It's the path to maturity, James 1. It reveals what's in our heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 says, I led you in the desert all these years. I led you. I led you, and I let you hunger, and I let you thirst. And I led you in very difficult situations. I put you in places where your back was up against the wall, and you had to either trust me or rebel against me. I did this to know what was in your hearts. That's for our sake. He already knew what was in our hearts. He wanted it to come out so he could deal with it, so we could go on from immaturity to maturity. Testing is necessary because it requires us to walk by faith. Let me just read you. I'll just read you what I was just trying to quote. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart? Whether or not you would keep his commands, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God will discipline you. It's the means of godly discipline. We need to be reminded that a heavenly diet along this journey of faith is absolutely essential. 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 Give us this day our daily bread. I just happened to be in Psalm 119 for part of my devotional reading this morning. That was just a great coincidence. Because Psalm 119 is all about the word. The word. Your word. There's so many great verses there. Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Just all about the word. The word. The Word. And the Word's all about Jesus. You know, some Christians never mature. Get off the bottle. Get off the Gerber. Get at least a, a, a burger and make your way towards steak. Because you can if you really want to. If you really want to, you can. We're no different. I got no special juice in me that makes me any more mature. I get mature the same way you do, through testing, through heavenly diet. One, didn't mean to yell at you. I'm sorry I yelled at you. I just, got a, I just got emotional, that's all. You know what some marks of maturity are? You rarely grumble and complain. Listen, listen, I, I don't like this one because I'm just getting to this point and I'm almost dead. It's taken years. One of my best friends referred to me as a high-performance negative thinker. I don't like that. I stopped hanging around with him. They exhibit faith in even the most difficult challenges of life. You find a mature saint. It's just hard to rattle them. It can be the worst news. And, oh, it affects you. Sure, it affects you. But you find a mature saint. And, and look, they're affected because they're still human. But they face it by faith. They're submissive to God-ordained authority. Mature saints. They're not given the cravings of the flesh. What'd they say? Let's go back to Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all we want. Yeah, it was fleshly food. It was the food of Egypt. God's trying to develop a heavenly diet in them. But they got to say no to those foods of Egypt and say yes to the manna from heaven. You got to have a regular heavenly 
We're so thankful to be able to share the Word of God with you here on The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you want to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? During this time of uncertainty in our nation, prayer is an incredibly powerful tool to fight off the fear that's growing in the hearts of people. Please pray that each person who hears these messages would find encouragement in knowing that God has come to redeem just as He did in Exodus. Please pray also for us to continue seeking God's will for this program. As you pray, please consider if God would lead you to support us financially in some capacity. If you'd like to partner with us in this way, please visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under forms. Anything given will be used to share the good news of Jesus. Thanks for praying with and for us. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Danny continued looking at the book of Exodus. And we hope you'll tune in again right here on The Living Word.